Good morning. Welcome to Bay. Thanks so much for choosing to worship with us on this Resurrection Weekend. I want to welcome the Mobile Campus. Thanks for being here. Malvis Campus, guys in the overflow room, thank you for being here. We even have people in the commons. Thank you for being here. Everybody in the commons at Malvis, if you'll look right, you'll look out north and you'll see that we have a building under construction. And hopefully by the end of the year, the first of the new year, we'll go into our new building, which will double our seating capacity here at Malvis. So thank you for kind of enduring all the crowded rooms and seating, but uh, relief's coming real soon. So uh, thank you for being here with us weekend, this weekend. Listen, if you have your Bible or device, you can turn to two scriptures. You can turn to John chapter 14 and John chapter 20. I, I want to say this before I get into the message. I want to kind of give you an update on our Foley campus. As you know, last year we purchased property there. We're constantly and consistently working on our plans for a new building. They're almost completed. But in the meantime, we have a group of people who have been meeting in small groups for the last three or four months, and they're excited because the new news is that we will launch and have our first service on Father's Day of this year at the Foley Middle School And we're really excited about that. Can we give congrats to all the Foley folks on the south end of the county? Yeah. So we're excited for you, and uh, we're really excited what God's going to do on the south end of Baldwin County. Well, listen, I want to begin a new series this weekend, Face to Face. And, you know, our perception of God affects every single area of our life, shapes how we feel about him, how we talk about him, how we talk to him. And God's divine and we're human. So how how do we discover who he is? How do we discover what he's like? How how do we discover what he likes? Well, I think it begins for us by looking at Jesus. I think it begins with the best illustrations we have in the gospels of Jesus with everyday people walking through life and they have face-to-face stories with him. They have encounters with him. So in this series, we're going to look at several people in the book of John, and we're going to see how they came face-to-face with Christ on the earth and how that changed their lives forever. And I want to begin that by looking at a lady in the Bible named Mary Magdalene. And, you know, you, you've probably heard her story before. You may be wondering, well, how can we relate to her because we know Jesus cast out seven devils from her. And maybe that relates to you. I don't know. But that, that's not the direction I'm going, okay? I'm going the other direction, that she's the first one to have a face-in-face encounter with the resurrected Lord. She's the first one to see him in this resurrected state. So but before I get into this story, because I just want to tell you the story. I want to break down the story. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever met the Father? Now, if you're a believer, you're probably saying, well, yeah, when I was born again. Well, when you were born again, that's when you met Jesus. Have you ever met the Father? Now, we know and we believe in the Trinity, but we also know in the Trinity it consists of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what you may not have noticed that in Scripture, in the Old Testament, that the Father is elusive. You may not be thinking that, but many times when we think it's the Father in the Old Testament, it's really the Son. It's really Jesus. For example, when Moses is talking and there's a burning bush and he's in conversation with the voice coming from this burning bush, we, sometimes we may think, well, that, that was the Father. But Moses said, what's your name? And, and, and he said, I am. And, and Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. So I, I really think it was Jesus talking to Moses from the burning bush. 
I think it was Jesus who visited Abraham before uh, Sarah conceived. I think it was Jesus in the lion's den with Daniel. I think it was Jesus in the fire with, with the Hebrew men where King Nebuchadnezzar said, hey, didn't we throw in three guys and, and look, there's four and he looks like the son of man, Jesus. So all through scripture we see Jesus, but the father's very elusive. So I want to show you in this message, I want to show you why, Jesus, why the father is elusive. I want to show you what Jesus did on the first resurrection Sunday that allows us now to have a relationship with the Father. In this series, we're going to be in the book of John for the most part. And in this book, if you look at chapters 14, 15, 16, what you have is you have the conversations of the Last Supper. And we're all familiar with the Last Supper, but there was a main thrust in in this meal that Jesus is having. And he's telling his disciples, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. And a lot of people may think that, you know, that he's talking about the second coming. But that's not what the scriptures refer to. He, he, he's talking about in three days. He's talking about the resurrection. So Jesus is talking to the disciples and just, he's, just a few days before the crucifixion. And, 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 and listen, we believe in the second coming, but I believe John 14 is talking about the first Easter. So let's go there, John 14, verse 1. Here's what Jesus said to the disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself, and that where I am you may be also. Now, the word mansions is not in the original Greek text. The word, the best translation for the word is dwelling dwelling. In fact, this the only time it's ever translated mansion, mansions was in 1611 for the King James Version. Of course, it's in the New King James Version. But, and, and, and the original word is the word dwelling. And that original word shows up again in the same chapter in verse 23, where Jesus said to them, if anybody loves me, anyone loves me, he'll keep my word and my father will love him and he'll come to him and make our home with him. It's the same word. It's the word dwelling. Now, I, I know you didn't come to church on Easter weekend to hear you're not getting a big house. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, but that, that's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not talking about a big house. I, I, I really think, though, that, you know, that, that is more of an earthly picture of heaven. And I, and I, I really think if you get to heaven, you, you're not going to care about a big house anymore. Okay, six people understand what I just said, okay? You're, you're going to be in the presence of the Lord, and it's like that's really not going to be the big deal anymore. Here's what Jesus is saying in that verse. He's saying, you can't dwell with the Father. You can't dwell. You can't have a relationship with the Father right now. He's elusive. You can't do it right now. But I'm about to take care of that for you so you can have a relationship with him and understand, you guys, you're going to be troubled. You're going to have sorrow, and it's going to turn into joy. Here's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to go away, but it'll be just a little while, and I'll come right back. In verse 25, he goes on. He says, these things I've spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Then he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Now remember those two things, the Holy Spirit and peace. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. That's the second time he said it. He's saying, don't. You're going to be troubled, but don't let it consume you. 
and, and, and neither, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away, coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said I'm going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. He's not talking about the second coming. And now I've told you this before it comes so that when it does come to pass, you'll believe. So I'm going away. I'm coming back. I've told you this before it happens. So when it happens, you may believe. This is not the second coming. You see, I, I don't think anyone's going to have any problem believing after the second coming. Now, I'll help you with that picture. All the dead in Christ are going to come out, and, and all those that are alive in Christ are going to be caught out of here. I, I, I don't think anybody's going to... I think atheists will believe. I think the Scripture says it best that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So he's, we're, here's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection. And he said to the guys, hey, I'm going to give you two signs that's going to help you remember this conversation. Listen, these guys are like us. They're so human. They're not getting all of this. They're trying to put it together. It's not clicking yet. But he said, listen, I'm going to bring two things back, going to help you remember this conversation. I'm going to bring peace and the Holy Spirit. You're going to be troubled. What you're going through is going to shake your faith, but I'm going, to wait. I'm going away for a while. I'll come back. You'll see me again. I'm telling you this before it happens, so when it happens, you'll believe. Now, where, this is not a trick question, but where, where did he say he was going? The Father. Say it with me. The Father. That's where he's going. He's going to the Father. It's very important that we understand this. Now, in chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus continues the conversation. He said, in a little while, you'll not see me. He's referring to the crucifixion. And again, in a little while, you'll see me. Resurrection. Three days, you'll see me because I go to the Father. And then some of his disciples said among themselves, remember the disciples are like us. We don't always get it. And, and he says something, and, and, and they're talking among themselves. <clears throat> I'm kind of paraphrasing. And they're saying, what, what did he say? In a little while we'll not see him. In a little while we will see him. I don't understand that. Do you understand that? Hey, do you think he, what, what does he mean by he's, we're not going to see him in a little while. And, and in, in verse 19, Jesus, you know, he hears and knows everything we think and say. He said, hey, guys, uh, you want to you, you wanting to ask me something? Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I just said? In a little while, you'll not see me. In a little while, you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament. They're trying to figure out what he's talking about. Then he turns right around and says, you're going to weep and lament. What does that mean? That means your heart's going to be broken. You're going to cry and you're going to weep. Did they do that? Yes, they did that when he was on the cross. They all deserted but one. And, and so they're, you know, he, he dies and they're, they're in this horrible place and he says you're you're going to weep and lament but the world's going to rejoice everybody's celebrating crucify him crucify him but your sorrow will be turned into joy well how is that extreme going to happen because of the resurrection then he get jesus gives this analogy and he says listen a, a woman when she's in labor has sorrow because her hour has come but as soon as she has given birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world Therefore you, will have, now, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. He, he, he's talking about the resurrection. And your heart will rejoice, and, and your joy no one will take from you. And, and believe me, this joy no one took from them after the resurrection. And we're, we're evidence of that because these guys took it, and they ran with the gospel, and they ran with it, and we're products of that. So he's, this, is, this is the first Easter. In a little while you won't see me. In a little while you will not thousands of years, but in just a little while, you're going to see me again. I'm telling you this before it happens, so when it happens, you'll believe. So here's the big question. Well, what happened the morning of the first Easter? 
Well, it started with Mary Magdalene. It started with this face-to-face encounter she had with the resurrected Lord. So if you go to John 20, look at verse 1. Here's what happened. It's the first day of the week. That's the resurrection day. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. So what does she do? She saves time. She runs back to the disciples. And here come Peter and John. And they run down. They do a look and see. Then they turn and leave. And they go back home and they leave Mary alone in the garden. Verse 11. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And then she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And that's a, that's a picture of the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. And then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've taken him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Now let me tell you why that's weird. It's weird because she has spent two and a half years of her life in ministry with Jesus. She came to know Jesus in the very early part of his ministry. He, it's where he met her. It's where he takes these seven demons and they're, they're removed from her. And John 8 tells us that there were women that traveled with the disciples and provided for them. Now, many people don't know this. They, they just think it's Jesus and 12 guys running around Israel. But common sense should tell you that 12 men cannot travel around and take care of themselves. <laughs> you got to have a woman around. Ladies, you got to have a woman around. Yeah. Okay. Mary Magdalene was one of those women. She traveled with Jesus. Why wouldn't she recognize Jesus? Well, well, something's different about his appearance. And someone would say, oh, yeah, but it's because his body is so badly beaten. Yeah, but she was at the crucifixion. She saw the cross. She helped take his body off the cross. She helped prepare it for burial. In fact, that's why she's back, because they ran out of time. She couldn't complete the anointing process, and so she's coming back early the next morning to put the rest of the oil on and do that, and, and, and it's something different. There's something different about his appearance. Appearance. What did he say? He said, I'm going to the Father. Here, here's what the book of Hebrews says in the New Testament. It said, he entered the holy place once for all with his own blood. The holy place is where the Father is. He's going to make a sacrifice for our sins before the Father in the holy place in heaven. And she doesn't recognize him now. There's something different about his appearance. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she's supposing him to be the gardener. She said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him. I'll I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, watch, he just calls her name, Mary. When he called her name, her spiritual eyes are opened. Now, she sees him, she turned, and she said to him, Rabbi, and, and she's teacher, she recognized him, and Jesus said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. W- where did he tell the disciples he was going? To the father. Not a trick question. I, he, 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 he said, don't, don't touch me yet, because I'm going to the father. Now go tell the disciples, my brethren, say to them that I am ascending to my father. That's present tense. I am right now, I'm sending to my father, and then watch what he adds to it, and your father. This is the first time he's going to be your father too. Before it's my father. He's slipping away alone to get to the father and talk to the father. But now, wait, it's going to be your father too and my God and your God. See, you can't have a relationship with the father yet, but I'm going to go to the father, I'm going to fix it so you can have a relationship with the father. Jesus said to Mary, don't cling to me. That, that, that word means touch. 
It, 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 I, I don't know why they translated it clean. It means touch me. The woman in the New Testament that had the issue of blood, and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, it's the same word. It, it literally means touch. In the authorized version, 36 times it's translated touch, never clean. Cleans mean, means to grab hold of. And Jesus responded to the woman with the issue of blood. He said, who touched me? He didn't say who clung to me. So Jesus, watch, he allows Mary to recognize him, and then he says, don't touch me. Don't, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. Where did he tell the disciples he was going? To the father. Now go tell my disciples that I am right now ascending to my father and your father for the first time. And by the way, this is not the ascension. The ascension is 40 days later. That, that, that's where he leaves all, everybody and goes back to the right hand of the Father. This is not the ascension. He is ascending to his Father in the morning of the resurrection. So watch what happens. Verse 19. Then the same day at evening. It's the same day, but it's evening of that day. That morning I'm going to the Father. It's evening of that day being the first day of the week. That's the resurrection day. When the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, these guys are hiding out because what they did to Jesus, and they're afraid something's going to happen. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. He, did, he, he just shows up. There he is. He, 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 just, he didn't come through the door. He, he didn't open the door. He, he just, there he is. And then he said this. He showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples are glad, and they saw the Lord. Where's he been? The Father. And remember what he told the disciples, I'm going away and I'm going to bring two things, peace and Holy Spirit. What did he say to Mary in the morning? Don't touch me. And now look what happened that evening. Same day, but it's the evening. Now touch me. You can touch me. Read on. He says, Thomas, here, put your hand right here. Touch this. Touch my wound. Touch me. So you, you, you can't touch me and now you can touch me. Why? Because he has already ascended. Verse 21, and Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father, he, he just left the Father. Peace to you. The Father has sent me right now, and I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. He said to the, he said to the disciples, I'm going away. I, I, I have to go to the Father because you can't dwell with the Father. He's, he's elusive right now. You can't have a relationship right now. I'm going to go. I'm going to take care of this. And where I am, you may be also. In other words, you can have a relationship with the Father too after the first Easter. After the first Easter. Now, here's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians. You, you, you can read it later. It's in chapter 4. It says that during the three days after Jesus dies, he descended into Sheol, or Hades. Hades is the Greek word for hell. Sheol is a Hebrew word that means the place of the departed and the place of waiting. It's the place where the, the saints are waiting. It's the place where the Old Testament is Abraham and Isaac. And here they are. They're waiting in this place. So Jesus descended and he walks in. And in essence, what he's saying to Satan is, uh, excuse me, I've taken the keys to death and hell. And then he leads the Old Testament saints out and then he ascends. So he descended and then he ascended. He descended during the three days, but on the third day he ascends to the heaven, to the Father, and then he comes back to the earth the evening of the third day. A lot, lot of frequent travel miles. He's moving around a lot. In other words, stay with me, he, you can't have a relationship with the Father, but now you can because of Easter. Now, think about the Trinity, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Here's how a lot of us think. And you may have been raised in church, but it's in the back of our minds. We just have this image that the Father is the harsh one, the judgmental, 
the, 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 um, the demands perfection. That's the Father. And then Jesus comes, and he's the nice guy. And then the Holy Spirit comes, and he's the weird one. That's what the enemy's done to our minds and twisting all of this in. Jesus said, hey, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, he's just like me. And the Father's not on the other side of Jesus saying, let me have him just a little while before you save him, son. Let, let, let me take him out and I'll fix him. That's not the Father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me. No one comes to the Father except through me. In fact, this whole thing of Jesus coming was the Father's idea. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the Father is not the mean one, and Jesus is not just the nice one. They're all nice, and none of them are weird. In fact, we're weird. Oh, yeah, I'm, I, I know. It's hard to hear on Easter. There's no big house, and I'm weird, but you're weird. We're all weird. Ask Jesus. He'll tell you. We're, we're weird. So in order to be fully devoted to the Father, you're going to have to establish your own relationship with the Father. It's his passionate desire. Later on in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, he says, I, want to, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. But only by redemption can we have access to the Father and call him Abba Father, Daddy, our spiritual Daddy. Only through the spiritual rebirth of the born-again experience can I have a right to the Father. Jesus was the only begotten son, but we can be adopted sons and daughters and, and our sins are forgiven because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption. So his job is to lead us into this intimate relationship with the father. The reality of the first Easter is, is that it, it enables me into the presence of the father with confidence. Why is this important? Watch the blood of Jesus assures my access to the father and I don't have to approach the father fearfully. I can approach him with boldness. I, I'm, I'm not accepted conditionally based on my performance. A lot of us have been pre-programmed on earth that it's by performance that my father or my parent or someone accepts me. God the Father accepts you unconditionally through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. This allows, watch, my innermost man to cry out, Abba, Father. Why do I need to have a relationship with the Father? Why do I need a spiritual father? Here's why. Because without that, I'm never going to have an affirmation of who I really am. Because I am, I, am, I am lost. I come into the family. I'm adopted in the family. I need the affirmation. And listen, yes, Jesus died for our sins. And yes, we're forgiven. And yes, he has given us his peace. So that when you're born again, you have his peace that passes understanding. And yes, he breathes the Holy Spirit into us when we're born again. And we have the Holy Spirit. But the other part that some of us are missing is we have access to the Father. We have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to this intimate relationship with the Father. So watch, not only can I dwell with him in eternity, but I can also dwell with him spiritually while I'm still on the earth. I, I need that relationship with him. I need that intimacy with him. Da David said it like this when he was talking to the father. He said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, my face, Lord, I will seek. What I want you to understand is if you believe and receive what I'm sharing with you today, you just open the door to really relate to God for who he really is. Let me, let me tell you who God really is, the father. He is a loving father. He's a loving father. And how many of us try to walk through this or we ignore it? See, it's the affirmation of the father that I need. 
I, I, I really need that. And we think, well, I have, to get, I have to be perfect. I have to measure up. No, John said, John said, how great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us. Let me tell you how great it is. Let me tell you how infinite, how vast, how great the love of God is. He has the capacity to love every one of us as if we were his favorite. I know you can't comprehend it. I can tell by that blank look on your face. I can't comprehend it either. But he's God and he has the ability to love every one of us as if we were his favorite. How does it get there? Because of his affirmation of who I am. So you can really boast to somebody else, I'm God's favorite. And they can come back and say, no, I'm God's favorite. No, I'm God's favorite. L- listen, he has that ability. I, I, I love what, I, I love what the, the old Scottish pastor George MacDonald said. He said, because we are the sons of God, we must become the sons of God. Listen to me. Because we are the sons of God, we must become the sons of God. Here's what he's saying. There is an affirmation and there's an invitation. So this Easter weekend, there's an invitation for you to become a son, a child of the living God. And in that invitation comes the affirmation of knowing the Father. And just like Mary Magdalene and all the issues that she had... She met Jesus, but guess what? She needed the affirmation of the Father also. So after Jesus does all this, now it's the affirmation that she's a healthy son and a healthy daughter and and she's healthy. We all need that. And here's what I want to do. It's Easter weekend, so I want to put you on the spot. I I want to push you to the edge. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I know that's hard to do. I got a camera running around to find people whose eyes are not closed. Mobile, close your eyes. I want to ask you a very personal question. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you have the peace, his peace? Do you understand that the Holy Spirit is part of your life? Do you know the Father? Has he affirmed you? so that you're secure in who you are in him? If not, then this is the time to change that. And I'm going to ask you, nobody's looking, I'm going to ask you if this message is speaking to you. If, if you realize, I, I, I really don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and I, sure, I surely don't know the Father, but, but I need that. I, I want that. I want to change. I just want you to lift your hand. Come on, hold it. Just keep them up. Every service. Been dozens of hands all over, all over. Raise your hand, keep your hands up, raise it up. Thank you. Thank you for being so honest and bold. Now you put your hands down. And I want everyone with their eyes closed, I want you to pray this prayer with me. If you are a believer and you do know the Father, I want you to play, pray this like you mean it. Okay, not some little mousy thing. I want you to speak this out like you mean it. Let's pray this together. And if you raise your hand, I want you to pray it. I want you to believe it in your heart. Father, it's written in your word, word. that if I confess with my mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you've raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Father, I confess Jesus is my Lord. I make him Lord right now. Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving me peace in the Holy Spirit. And thank you because of the first Easter. I can have a relationship with the Father. 
and I love you, and I thank you. Now look at me. Thank you so much, those who raised your hands. Thank you for the boldness and thank you for being so honest. But our Father's not elusive anymore. We can have that close personal relationship with him. And I thank you so much. In fact, let every, let, let's give a, a big hand clap to all those who raised their I know you don't know who they are, but come on, let's give them a hand clap. Listen, we're not finished. One of the pastors is going to come and give you some direction and details, but I just want you to know that we love you, and I pray you have a wonderful Easter weekend. God bless you.